Hey y'all, welcome back to Kwana's Corner. Um, tonight I have two guests with me. One you're familiar with and the other one you're not. So I'm going to go ahead and give each of these ladies their shine. So either one of you can go first. Take some time, introduce yourself. I'll go first since I'm the newbie. Um, I'm Tammy. Um, Instagram name is Tammy the Brand Broker LLC. I am a Scorpio. I'm from the Bronx. Don't come for the Bronx. I'm not going to have any of that. The Bronx. Because <laughs> I know the Brooklyn people are probably like, Bronx? Yes, Bronx. Um, <laughs> I know y'all ready. Brooklyn ready. Um, uh, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm out here to share information from my experience. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about this. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. Tammy's a little nervous. It's her first time here on this corner, but you know, she ain't got to be nervous. Be friendly over here. <laughs> okay, sistering, go ahead. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Kina. Instagram name Keys. I'm from the Boogie Down, so we're holding it down heavy. I'm tonight. sorry, you from where? The Boogie Down. Yes, You're that's where I live. That's where I, you live at currently. I, Yes, I hang up my title. Welcome, sis. We welcome you. <laughs> More than 10 years, you got to hang up where you came from. You got to pick up where you're at. So, yes, on the boogie down. Um, I am a Virgo. And, yeah, let's get into this conversation. All right, guys. So, if you didn't see my post yesterday um i posted what we were going to be talking about and we are going to be talking about fibroids and black women um each one of us actually have have had our own experience with uh the proper name is uterine fibroids to be politically correct um we've all had our own experience with this so we're going to definitely take you down our journeys today so this is very personal if you have had uterine fibroids you currently have them you a, a family member a friend co-worker um your wife girlfriend maybe they can relate this is definitely something you want to share um definitely listen to and you're gonna learn a few things um just in case you aren't aware of what fibroids are uh they're non-cancerous growths in the uterus and they could develop during a woman's childbearing years so Anytime that a woman can have children, though that age range, um, if I'm correct, I think it's from about 15 to 45, I think. I think if I'm correct, if I, if what I read, this is, this is what I was able to find online. Okay. Yeah, Y'all do, don't beat range. me up. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Good. Thank you, Tammy, for backing me up. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was able to find. Um, some symptoms that you may notice is you have very like very heavy menstrual periods. It's it's longer. You have pelvic pain. Um, and some people they they don't have any symptoms at all, at all. Um, a symptom that I have um, is I have like the protruding belly. Like it kind of gives you like the fupa going on, and it's like you want to ask if she's pregnant, but you're not sure. But you because you don't want to be rude, but you're like mm, that that you're kind of giving me prego. 
yeah, some women have that. So be very careful about if you ask if someone is pregnant or not. You should do that anyway. I, I just feel like you should just, you know, watch your mouth anyway. Because sometimes it's, it's just fibroids that are causing her stomach to look bigger just because the fibroids at a certain growth that causes the uterus to expand. Okay. So that's just a little background. Um, some other things that, I mean, Tammy, do you want to share a few facts? I don't know if you had anything that you wanted to share before we jumped into conversation. Um, no, not really. But um, a lot of women usually do the myomectomy. And I'm mm-hmm. sure we're going to get into that at yeah. some point in, mm-hmm. the, in the conversation um, and about like the different um, remedies and procedures and all of that. So I guess we can wait for that. Definitely. For that when that comes up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, Kino, we'll start with you. Um, when did you first find out that you had fibroids? Well, first I kind of wanted to um, like engage the audience and let them know like a lot of, especially um, women, a lot of women I find are not really aware that birth control can be a big contribution to how fibroids come about. They play a major role because of the hormone imbalance that happens when you're on birth control. That's so, definitely something I was gonna um I was gonna bring up. Uh, uh Tammy, just by any chance, were you ever on birth control prior to getting fibroids? Were you ever on it? No, and um, and that's because I'm not interested in any type of like medication at all. I don't even take Tylenol if I have a headache or Advil, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, at, you know, during the conversation, you're gonna learn that I had the surgery, mm-hmm. um, and that was a major thing for me because once you have the surgery, you have to be on the pain meds because there's no way that you're gonna get through it with that type of pain. Um, so yeah, I've never been on birth control ever. Okay. All right. And, um, so I think that's something me and my, me and my twin sister have in common that we both were on birth control. I want to say if I had to say, um, um, an amount of time I was on the pill for maybe about maybe seven years. Um, I was on it for maybe three years straight, took a break, had the twins, And then I went back on it for about another four years. And then once I came off, I was like, yeah, I'm not going back on. I just felt like the changes that were happening to my body. I was like, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm good. I I just want to, if I do have another child, I want all of these hormones in my body to be free of all of this and let nature's path take its place. So yeah. Um, a correlation I did want to make before we go ahead into it, um, there are studies that show that African-American women suffer fibroids two to three times more than white women. Uh, another study is that they, while we had the experience in my sister of being on birth control, there are not many studies that say that birth control, you know, causes fibroids. But if you just, it's, it's kind of that thing of like repetition. If you hear a lot of women talk about it, it's like, now there has to be some type of correlation here because all these women like because I mean my sister were on it but Tammy wasn't she still got it so it makes you like well what is it the hormone estrogen is what feeds them um back to the story one estimate is that 25 percent of African African American women will suffer from fibroids by the age of 25 
80% will have them by the age of 50. Listen to that. 80% compared with 70% for white women. So that is, it is a small difference, about a 10% difference, but 80 is a large amount. Um, okay. So Kina, you can go ahead with how you first found out you had fibroids. Um, I actually just, um, I don't know if I, I, I can't, I, I think I was just doing like a random, um, my regular visit to my GYN, shout out to Dr. Brennan, because he's the best, um, just a random visit, and I think I did like a pap or something, it came back abnormal, whatever, and he always is like really vigilant with following up on things if they don't come off the way he wants them to see it, and I remember he kind of like did my pelvic exam, no, actually it wasn't something, he just felt and he was like, I think I'm going to send you to get a um, sonogram. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay. He's like, I think I feel something, but, you know, just want to be sure. Mm-hmm. We're going to follow up. And I went and um, I found out that I had one. I believe it might have been in 2000, I want to say 12 or 13. Yeah, about 2012 or 13. And I found out I had, um, I think it was maybe one or two very, very small. They weren't causing any problems. And my doctor followed up with me. He said, you know, if they're not giving you any problems, we're not going to pop, we're not going to trouble them. We're going to leave them. And, you know, we'll just keep an eye on it. Okay. And that was kind of, that's kind of where we left them at for some time. Okay. All right. And also, yeah, shout out to her doctor, Dr. Brennan. He actually is rated, I think, number two for OBGYNs in the Brooklyn area. Come through, Doctor Brennan. Yeah, uh, she would know. He delivered all three of her boys. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, if you're looking for a doctor that comes as a recommendation, you can use Doctor Brennan. I wish he took my insurance because I probably would go see him too. But I, <laughs> I will say I am very happy with the doctor I have. We'll tell my story after we go ahead and hear how Tammy found out about hers. Um, so for me, it was back in 2000, I want to say maybe first time really was like 2016, like late 2016, early 2017, regular routine. Um, I went in for like a regular routine check and, um, I think the doctor was doing her exam and I was like, I was like feeling slight pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, you know, it was a white doctor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so yeah she was like so I was like okay she was like okay let's go in and do a sonogram so she went in and did the sonogram um through my uterus and she was like oh and she was like she was like oh yeah fibroids it was just like a nonchalant kind of thing wow. like, oh yeah fibroids yeah um I see about at the time it must have been like seven Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see seven, but oh, you don't have nothing to worry about. Um, they're not in your uterus or anything. Um, she was like, they're all outside. So I'm like, all right, well, she she's the doctor, right? Like, right, exactly. With, with the education, so I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. cool, right? Because around me, there was no one talking about it, mm-hmm. right? And everyone around me that was having pains with the period, I just thought it was normal. That was like period and pain. It goes together, right? <laughs> to me, that's what I thought because no one complained about like it, it, that's not how it's supposed to be, right? So I'm like, all right, just going on with my life, and then um, 2017, 
I'm like, nah, yo, I'm real, like, I'm in pain, pain, right? I'm like, I don't know if they're supposed to be like this, <laughs> but mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. nobody's complaining. Um, so he did the sonogram again, and she was like, oh, at, I think the 2016, there was like seven inches and seven centimeters, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, they was like nine <laughs> centimeters. Oh, so they grew. So they grew. So I'm like, okay. And at the time I was like, you know, buying a black doctor was like, like that's what everybody was talking about. And I was like, I'm on that wave too. Like I need to find somebody that that's like me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing my search. I found Dr. Emily Blanton um, with Maiden Lane, um, with Maiden Lane and then Maiden Lane Medical, sorry. And I went to her and she, she's a specialist in reproduction, right? So she's doing the exams and stuff. She's like, hmm, you know, when doctors are like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, what, what you hmm about? What's right, right, right. What you see, <laughs> so what you see. Exactly. So she's like, I'm going to send you for an MRI. And I'm just like, MRI for my uterus? Like, because right. again, I've never heard anything like this before. I'm like, all right. So I'm going, doo, 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 going down to the radiology place. <laughs> And they're doing my MRI. And she's like, I want an MRI with a contrast and without contrast. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm kind of serious. So we come back. This is, this is 2017 now, going into 2018. Um, she comes back. She's like, okay, you have a lot of fibroids. There's about nine to oh, 11 wow. big ones. Wow. Um, they are outside your uterus and inside the uterus and um, in between. I forget the medical term for each one, but depending on their Yeah, position, we're gonna go through that, we're gonna go through that. Okay, <laughs> so depending on the position, they have a different name. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, all right, okay. And mind you, I'm in pain, pain when I have my period. Like my period is for seven days, heavy bleeding nonstop, all the way up until the sixth day. Um, the seventh day, it might be like, not not it's not really heavy but it's not light either Mm -hmm. um but again I'm thinking that this is normal because nobody's saying that it's not normal um and so she's like yeah you really shouldn't be bleeding all these days um so I'm like okay so she's like um I know how you feel about medication and you know you probably don't want to have surgery so you got to figure something out. So I went on and tried to do my little research for my holistic stuff, like things I need to eat, um, things I need to stay away from. And then I started my journey from there. Um, I went back to her in 2019. Wait, we're not going to get there yet. We're not going to get there yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. Not yet, not yet, not yet. So um, what Tammy was talking about as um, they, are, they are in different places or as different kinds of it's actually about four different types of fibroids that you could have. Um, I am not a medical student, y'all, so do not chop my head off if I mess up some of these names, okay? I will spell it out for y'all, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best at pronunciating them. Um, there's one called the subsericel. Um, it's on the outside of your uterus, um, and they may grow large enough to make your womb appear bigger on one side. There's one that's called the, oh dear, this one is a hard one, pendul, 
calculated. Um, it basically develops on a stem. So it kind of just hangs off the side. It's a slender base and it, it, that's what supports the, the fibroid. Um, there are two more. One is called the intramural. And these are the type that appear within the muscle wall of the uterus. So those are not in the uterus. They're more like in the wall. And then there are the ones that are in the middle muscle layer. There's another one and those are called submucosal. Yeah. So those are the four different types. Uh, to give you guys a little background on my story. Um, let's see, this is 2021. So I want to say maybe back in 2018, maybe in 2018, um, I, I felt a little something on my side. Right. I happened to be laying down one day and I felt something on my side and I was like, what is that? I was like, it, that, like, it feels weird. But when I went to go touch my other side, I realized it wasn't there. And I'm like, I know you can't feel your fallopian tubes from the outside. I know that's that's pretty much impossible. So I'm like, yo, why do I feel something there? So I got scared, of course, because my and I'm just I'm like a hypochondriac. My instant thing is like, oh, my God, it's a tumor. Oh, my gosh. So I'm panicking. I'm telling my friends, my sister, they're like, you know, just go to your GYN, let them know what's going on, see what they say. At the time, I was seeing if I, what she gave me, a, she gave me some really great advice for. Um, I was having an issue with like bacterial vaginosis, and she gave me a um, a holistic approach to it, which actually worked way better than her prescribing medication for me. So I loved her for that. So I was like, okay, she's a little bit outside the box. Let me let her notice issues going on. Went to her. She was like, yeah, I, I do feel it. Let's go ahead and get you in. Is it a, it's a, is it a sonogram? I always get it confused. One is the sound. It's a sonogram because the ultrasound is the, is the actual sound of it. It's a sonogram. Um, get a sonogram done. I go into the hospital, get the sonograms done. And uh, if you don't know, the radiologist is not, they don't really have to tell you anything. I, think, I don't really think they're supposed to. Um, she did tell me, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I do see some fibroids, but your doctor will go over everything with you. When I went back to her, I pretty much got the same thing as Tammy's doctor. She was like, you know, there's a few there. She didn't tell me where they were, anything like that. She's like, nothing to worry about right now. Um, I think it was five. She's like, don't worry about it. They're really small. And I was like, okay. I like, I, I took her advice because she's a doctor. And I was like, all right, cool, fine whatever I happened now I I didn't have heavy periods because I was in transition of changing my diet I I didn't eat pork I didn't eat red meat um I was trying to lean off of chicken and go more towards a pescatarian diet uh staying away from cheese I already didn't drink milk I haven't had cow's milk in years the, the twins are 11 and I, I started drinking it Stop drinking it before they were born. So um, those are some changes I was making already to my diet. And I felt like those things might have helped in me not having a heavy period. So that's maybe why I didn't realize it. So that's that's my that's my little that's my little story. <laughs> but moving right along, I want to go ahead to our uh, I just want to say something. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. So I've been a pescatarian for almost 10, 11 years. 
Mm-hmm. And so I stopped eating meat and all that stuff. And my periods were always, has always been heavy. Wow. So that's so funny. And at this fibroid stuff, it's like from person to person. It, so when right, I was saying right. that, you know, you stop eating meat and all that stuff. So you, your periods were heavy. I'm like, well, I haven't been eating meat forever. <laughs> my periods are always heavy. So what's going on here? <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't okay. want to say that like the differences is so crazy right I, I trust me as I hear I when I I'll tell you I've been in rooms on clubhouse and I've been in discussions with, like everybody's story is different there's some things that you'll have in common with some people and some things you'll be like oh I ain't experienced none of that it, it's it, it right, just varies right. it really does yeah um so Kina can you go ahead and talk about your treatment what did your doctor suggest um what do you mean like before well he just he just said to watch it mm-hmm. and which was a game changer was that was in 2012 um I I got pregnant in 2014 so when I got pregnant that kind of like put it off because it was nothing happening mm-hmm. baby was going fine everything was happening fine so we just kept going with the progress it wasn't until I went back to him um because after I had the after I had the baby, a little while after my period became significantly heavy, which is something I just I never had. So when I went back to him and told him, he was like, Well, I do remember some time ago you did have some fibroids. Let's go in and let's take a look and see what's going on. And that's how I ended up um, going back to get a sonogram and they looked and saw that they had. Um, I had two, one had grown significantly and um, he kind of set me down and gave me my options on, you know, what could be done. But really, they were, yeah, there were only two options. Do you, rem- if you could recall, do you remember the sizes that he said they were, like the fibroids were? Um, I don't remember the smaller one. I do remember the larger one was the size of a cantaloupe though. Wow. Wow. Yes. So guys, think about the size of a cantaloupe, the one you find in the supermarket imagine the inside of somebody's uterus pretty much yeah um what so what was his um suggestions for treatment so his um he said because of the size and that always plays a factor on whether you can get a myomectomy or whether they can go in um they can go in I forgot exactly how they say it. I think it's like using the like laser the, the size determines what you can do. So because mom is so large, he said you can be able to do surgery to remove the fibroid, but he definitely advised me from the beginning, be advised though, they can come back if you decide to have surgery. He said, mm-hmm. however, if you're sure that you're done with children, mm-hmm. we can go in and perform a hysterectomy. And just the idea of that completely frightened me. And I'm just like, yeah, we're not past childbearing years yet. And we might just feel a little quirky and want to have another one. Mm-hmm. Don't do mm-hmm. that route. So we're going to go ahead and do the myomectomy. I was terrified because it was almost a year from when I delivered my son. So when I was going to go on for surgery, so, and I had a C-section with him. So the wounds, if anyone's familiar, C-sections take approximately a year to heal from the outside in. So I was kind of terrified at the fact of actually going in 
to have it removed then. And a lot of people always ask, oh, if you had a C-section, why didn't he just remove it then? It's because the hormones that produced after I had the baby, because it kind of like the space kind of restricted it from growing. Once I had the baby, it kind of gave it the space it needed. And with I breastfed, so with all those extra hormones, it gave it the room that it needed to grow. So the myomectomy is what we went for. Okay, so your so your fibroids grew even still after you had the baby. Right. Wow. It kind of stopped while I was pregnant. Okay. Okay. Wow. 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 Were you on any type of like estrogen, um, birth control, anything like that at that time? Ironically, I was actually on birth control. Let me see. I was on birth control for about, I want to say at that time, probably about five years straight. Mm-hmm. And then I just literally stopped one month because my husband and I wanted to have a baby. I stopped. And the moment I stopped, I didn't even get my period again. When I stopped, I immediately got pregnant. So the fibroid that I did have did no hindrance and stopped me from getting pregnant. It was just a go. Mm-hmm. So it, I was on birth control and stopped and got pregnant. Wow. And after after I had the baby, though, I was on birth control, but I was on like a, uh, what they call a mini pill, mm-hmm. because it doesn't have as many hormones in it, because if you're breastfeeding those, it, uh, if you take a regular birth control, it does affect your breast milk. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So if you take like a mini pill, I believe there's something that kind of, um, it kind of thickens the lining, it thickens the lining of the uterus, but it doesn't prevent you from getting pregnant. Okay. So I was on, yeah, it thickens the lining that helps, but it, they always say that it's not a hundred percent guarantee that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. So to take extra precaution at all times. Mm. Okay. That's some women do, some women do suffer with um, like infertility, which will, will come, will come down to just, you know, touch on briefly. Um, some women do suffer with that because of fibroids, but because you had them, you really didn't have any problems conceiving at all nope no problem zero problems okay okay all right all right so um tammy when you went to go see your gyn what what course of action or what course of treatment did she recommend for you um well she knew i was totally against like taking any kind of medication or like for surgery because i was like afraid like deadly afraid Mm -hmm. so i wasn't even entertaining the idea um but she kept talking about it and she kept like sending me for for the MRIs because the sonograms don't show you everything it's not until we did the MRI with the contrast um which showed her that I actually don't have at the time (laughs) and you know I'm about to blow your mind later but um at the time she thought I had between nine and eleven big ones because of the MRI with the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I was like, well, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna add some more vitamin A to my um, diet, vitamin K. I'm gonna do uh, everything I need to do holistically so that I don't have to do the surgery because 
I've never had surgery and I don't plan to have surgery now, right? And so every time, she's like, she was monitoring me like every three months or so. So I kept going back. Um, and, you know, I did a, I made an appointment. <laughs> um, I, the appointment came and went because I was like, I was so scared. I didn't want to do it. Um, because my final option at that point was like, you have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Like my periods was so bad. Like I would be holding on to the wall. Oh, for like, no. yeah, holding on to the wall. Um, because it was the pain was like so sharp, Oof. such a sharp pain. Oof. And I will have to hold on to the wall for a couple of seconds until it passed, and then you know, go about my daily my daily business. But the pain was it, it hurt, it hurt, it was it was it was very painful. So my options were <laughs> surgery. Okay. Because the, the holistic stuff that I was doing was not working. Because every time I went back, they were growing a, a centimeter. Wow. 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 So you were you were doing what you changed up your diet, looking into more things, but nothing was really helping at this point. It's like la- pretty much last resort. Yeah. And she she knew that too. And I was I told her absolutely like if that's the only thing that I can do, then then I'll do it. If not, I'll just, you know, figure out something else. But again every time I went back and she wasn't doing the sonogram because again it wasn't um well initially we did the sonogram with the other um GYN and that's how mm-hmm. I found out I had fibroids at all mm-hmm. to begin with mm-hmm. um but with this doctor she was like that doesn't show you everything and the MRIs don't show you everything either but it shows you much more than a sonogram okay so for your okay so for your Myomectomy, we'll just go ahead and dive into it. Um, so a myomectomy is pretty much when they give you a cut somewhere around your bikini line and you're 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 operated on. You are this is an operation, it's not a one-day procedure. You go in, you go out. This is not what that is. Um, if you've had a C-section, this is pretty similar to that. If you're familiar with the C-section, um, if you're not, it's they pretty much cut you open and they take the fibroids out pretty much one by one. They take them out from your uterus through that that opening that they have uh, that they cut you open through your the, the bikini line. And then once they're done, they stitch you back up and then you have to heal. Uh, but Tammy's going to walk us through her procedure. So go ahead, Tammy. Uh, so, oh God! So I had the had the um, uh, surgery schedule. I blew it off. I made up some excuse or whatever, um, <laughs> and then I blew it off. And then, like the pain, it was just excruciating. So I was like, "Yo, I gotta, I gotta set it up." So I decided to set it up. My my surgery was September tenth, twenty twenty. I was, when I tell you I was afraid, I was afraid, okay? Um, and I, all I remember is going oh, Wait, in. you said September 2020. This was just, this was just a few months ago, really. And yeah, I'm not even six months. I'm not even six months out. Wow, wow. Okay, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no problem. So, um, yeah, so I went in, um, like, shaking, crying. <laughs> They're probably like, look at this girl. <laughs> she, she a fool. 
So um, I just remember uh, laying on the table and the doctor saying, um, pick out a good drink. And that was all I remember. And then when I woke up, I was in so much pain. I could not move. Mm. Um, they were giving me drugs and medication. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was alert enough to be like, whoa, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> I don't take these you know, meds or whatever. Um, they got me to my room. The doctor came in. She spoke to me and she told me we removed 33 fibroids. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just made 33? 33, yes. 33. Wait, you said they found nine. Between, they thought I had nine, between nine and 11. Big oh, ones. My word. Yeah, I wish I could show you the pictures of the fibroids that, so that they removed. Yeah, it, it is. It's the major. And when I was like, excuse me, 33. Right. And right. my stomach, like you said, Kwana, like my stomach has always been flat. Mm-hmm. Like my stomach is flat. It's not, it has never been protruding or any of that stuff. Um, so which leads me to believe like the majority of, majority of my fibroids was inside of my uterus. Um, so they they weren't in the uterine wall they were actually in your uterus I believe they were actually in my uterus okay okay and I had you know some were like I said in the beginning some were outside and someone somewhere in between the uterus and and the outside of the uterus Mm. what was what was the recovery like what I um yeah, as so, someone who doesn't take pain medication, like were you yeah. still like, nah, I'm not, I'm good on pain meds, or will you like give me something? <laughs> I had to, I had to take the meds because, and and this is a conversation with I that I have with my doctor because she kept stressing like you have to take the meds because then you're gonna be on them longer than you really want to. So I actually weaned myself off the meds in mm-hmm. nine days because I was like, I'm not taking these. I don't want this stuff in my body. Um, so after the nine days, um, I was in pain, but I was apparently I could, I, I could tolerate pain. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I could tolerate pain really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped taking the medication after, after nine days. If I, for some reason, was in excruciating pain, I will pop the Percocet but um it was very far and in between it was very like after two it was hard for me to walk I was walking really really slow um but after two weeks I started gaining my momentum again Mm -hmm. um and by week three I was doing better and every week was I was progressing so um I think my recovery was really well thankfully you know my family and my friends was there for me um, my family and friends took week. Um, they alternate the weeks that they were helping me and supporting me. I'm telling you, if you don't have support, <laughs> it's gonna be a tough road. Ooh, okay. Wow. Oh, girl, I'm just thinking nine to thirty-three. Like that's a huge yeah. jump. How did y'all y'all miss something? Ooh. Oh my word. Okay, Kina, you can go ahead and you can share your story. Okay, so, um, oh, something else I forgot to mention, actually, and with, in regards to why I went back to my doctor, 
he also actually, um, I mentioned to him, like he said, the protruding belly, but I did remember that I had this baby. But since, thank God, my mother for her wonderful genes, I usually have a very quick snapback when I give birth. And I was like, um, my belly looks like I'm still three months. I know I'm a little older, but uh, my belly Yeah, I up. remember that. I remember that. And I kept saying, why is all, the, all my stomach is flat except for this little bottom portion? Like, what's happening here? And that was another reason that kind of made me go back to him as well because I was like "Mm -mm, something is not right with us this should not look like this at all Mm -mm, just fix it fix it now but um I went in I was very very afraid because I did not like I never liked the idea of being put to sleep for any kind of medical procedure whether it's dental medical I don't like being put to sleep so I was very afraid um he tried to ease my mind as much as possible. My husband was there to coach me through. Um, when we got into the operating room, he basically told me, oh, tell me how was your day? Well, how did you get here? And I can't remember how far I got, but it wasn't very far before I was knocked out. When I woke up, um, I was in a lot of pain. I do remember I was in a lot of pain where as, they pulled, as I strolled out of the operating room, I remember the first person I saw was my husband and I had tears in my eyes. He was like, don't cry. Let's put some chapstick on your lips. They dry. <laughs> so he put chapstick on my lips, made me look all good again, wiped my tears. They put me in my recovery room. And I remember I had, uh, I remember they did to me, I had morphine, a morphine drip and that I could press it but it would only go a certain amount of uh it was time so even if I hit it before the time came nothing would come out it would just go in a time this was in 2016 when I had the procedure then and um my recovery it was I the morphine I hated it because it made me feel like a complete drug addict like I was so woozy I could barely keep my eyes open I had visitors there to see me um and I couldn't even I couldn't keep my eyes open and I was like no I I remember that feeling from when I had the twins with the c-section that morphine is like they have it on like a, a calculated like time drip but when it hit just know you ain't about to be up long you about to knock out any second <laughs> exactly so um i told them i think that the the first day i kept it and actually i didn't actually even have to tell them to take it away the first whole day they let me keep it the following morning they came in and was like okay so we're gonna remove this and i was like oh yes thank jesus because i can't take this and they said we're gonna give you some pain medication um, I remember they brought me um, like Percocet and I was like, uh-uh, this coming from my pharmaceutical background. I was like, uh-uh, I don't want no part of that. Nope, I don't want that. You got some Motrin? I'll try Motrin. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, but you're in so much pain. I said, no, no, no. Let me try the Motrin. Give me the 800 milligram Motrin. And if it works, I'll be fine. And if it doesn't work, you can come in later and give that to me. But give you me, me this while we be going to her when we get our meds, we come right to her. Like, this is the right medication <laughs> we need. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want, give me the Motrin. I'll take that first. Um, and they gave me the 800 milligram Motrin. And guess what? I was good. 
it was still painful, but it wasn't to the severity that I was crying or in excruciating pain. It just, it still hurt because it was surgery. I had to take it very slow, you know, really easy. Um, so being that I had my, my little baby was, how old was he? He was about, maybe about 18 months at the time when I had surgery. Maybe, maybe he was probably a little younger than 18 months. Um, my husband helped out with the baby because he's used to me picking him up. And of course, after having surgery, I could not pick him up at all. That was even, that wasn't even in the plan. Um, my mother-in-law came up from Jamaica. She helped out. Like everyone, like Tammy said, you gotta have your village to help you because if not, your recovery is going to be drastic. And um, they came in and they helped. And I know something that my doctor did tell me when he came to see me. First of all, he came to see me and that's when he showed me a picture of my um, fibroid. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's huge. Mm. He was like, yeah, you do. He's like, you do have another smaller one in there. However, I did not want to mess with it because it was so deep embedded into the back of the uterus. We would have had to shred it apart and perform a hysterectomy. Wow. And I knew it's not what you wanted. So we left it because it was so small and it was so deep. Which, that's a that's a good doctor though. That 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 that's a that's a great doctor right there. <laughs> another reason why Dr. Brennan is still rocking with me 20 plus years. This is why we're still rocking. Um so uh he told me listen to your body. If you're doing too much, your body is going to tell you to slow down. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the first time I decided to venture outside because after a while, when you have surgery, they say you can't drive for a certain amount of time until like all the anesthesia stuff is flushed out of your system. They say you cannot drive. So I waited, um, I think I waited about maybe three weeks or four weeks, maybe. So I could kind of move around because I have a truck and getting in and out of the truck, which that was just a nightmare itself. Never mind, I'm sitting. It's just driving. It was anything. People don't realize how much you use your stomach muscles for. Ooh, whether it's yes. laugh, yes. cry, anything, you use yes. them for a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you have that surgery that you realize that. So a pillow and I became besties. And when I wanted to laugh, I pushed the pillow against my belly and I would laugh. Well, if I had for the, for the extra support. Yes. Um, I do remember this specific day we decided to go out to lunch or whatever. And my mom was out at lunch and then we were sitting in the restaurant and I was like, guys, I feel so tired. I hadn't done anything. Literally all I did was drive to the restaurant, which was probably like 15 minutes from my house. I was exhausted, like physically drained. Mm. And my mother-in-law was like, I think you did too much. I'm like, but how? Because I'm used to being on a go. Like, I get up and go, get up and go, mm-hmm. get up and go. I'm like, I didn't do anything. All I did was get in the car and drive. She's like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's get our food and let's get ready to go. So we left. And by the time I got back to the house, my actual stomach was hurting. Like, with my incision, like, it actually hurt. So she said, take some pain medicine because that's something I didn't have to take the Motrin continuously. I think I stopped taking the Motrin in about a week, about a week, week and a half. And as the pain kind of got less, I would lower doses. So I went from 800, a couple of days, I loaded to 600, 400. And then by 400, it don't make no sense to take 200 because 200 is not really doing anything. So 
kind of weed myself over that. But that day I had to take some pain medicine. I took a few Motrin and I just had to really relax for the rest of the day. And I never tried to pull that stunt again until I felt like I was significantly feels much better. Mm. But yeah, definitely is different. It is. It'll take you for a whirlwind. Yeah, you were like, what is happening here? I literally mm-hmm. just walked 10 steps. Right. Like, oh, mm-hmm. right. I know. I know. See, I haven't had this procedure yet. However, I have had a C section. So the pain that you ladies are describing is something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> very familiar with even with a point to the muscles and like you really people some people really do not realize how much you use your stomach muscles for from lifting up off a chair or, or a couch to walking like literally you feel like you're moving in fast forward but you're literally shuffling along after you've had your stomach opened up like you are shuffling along because you're stomach literally needs time to heal your incision can be healed on the outside but baby that inside oh no 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 it is not healed all the way don't go rushing to do something because you will feel all of that inside mm-hmm. um and i'm actually you know, still still healing and i've actually made a mistake i had my surgery in august 2010 and not september okay okay mm-hmm. No, that's fine. You were month off. Hey, you know, 2020 was a great year. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, days, from weeks, from months. Exactly. It's fine. Um, To give you guys that my, my no, go ahead. no, go ahead, Kina. Go ahead, because I didn't tell my story, but I'm going to wait so I can just dive in. My C-section surgery, I felt like was so much easier than the myomectomy. I felt like it was so much. The myomectomy was, ex- to heal from it was excruciating. Mm. like excruciated and I don't know if it was because it could have been the fact that I wasn't fully healed from my c-section and then I went back in because my doctor he did go back he went back through the same incision instead of giving me a new scar or a new scar tissue went back into the same area uh, how it, long how long after you had the baby did you have the myomectomy uh so I had the baby April of 2015 and I had my myomectomy. I can't remember exactly what month, but I know it was summer of 2016. So it was a little a little over a year. Oh yeah, yeah, because about a good two years for healing time. But you know what? Um, I don't remember where I read it, but I read something that said that usually if you try to do that, some that well, they said this is for actually don't mind this, but um, if you wanted to get like some type of plastic surgery done after you had a myomectomy, it would be best to get it six months after you've had it done. Um, I guess because the tissue has healed well enough to go back in, but not too much to form where you'll be in extra pain. So I wonder if a doctor would go by the same rules for after you have a C-section to go back in to have the myomectomy. Like, would they go back in six months later as you're not as healed, but you're enough, your body is healed enough to withstand another surgery? I, I, I wonder. It makes me want to ask my GYN next time I see her, like, what would be the time frame? Like, what would a woman have to do just because she's a doctor and, you know. Shout that's out to a, Keep us posted. I, I want to know what, what they would say. Yeah, keep us posted on that. 
Um, shout out to my doctor, Dr. Natasha Fier. She is a black woman. Coincidentally, she's the one who brung my twins into this world <laughs> almost 12 years ago. Um, I actually went in search of her. She is the GYN I see now. Um, when I something happened and I was just like, like the thing I felt on my side, I was like, yo, it's still there. And it felt like it got bigger. Like, and I think I mentioned it to Bearded Bay. And I said to him, I was like, do you feel that? He was like, yeah, what is that? And I was like, I think it's a fiber, but it feels bigger. So he's like, you know, yo, go get the checked out. So I'm like, okay. You know, so I go into her. Um, I really wasn't due for a pap smear because, they, you know, when you have so many ones that go great, they tell you you don't have to come back for like take a two-year break and then come back in. So I went to see her and, you know, we're talking and, and things like that. And she's really transparent, which was I loved about her. One reason, um, besides her delivering the twins, I asked her to give me stitches um, when we were going into, when we were going in the surgery doors to do the C-section, I was like, can you please give me stitches? I do not want staples. And she was like, I'm going to do my best. And I was like, okay. And on my way out, I remember asking, I was a little loopy, but I remember asking her, I was like, did you give me my stitches? And she patted my hand and told me she had to give me this astronomical amount of staples. And I guess the look on my face was like, what lady? And she tapped my hand. She's like, no, baby, I didn't, I, I didn't, I gave you your stitches. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so um, just that, that small connection, especially when there are so many black women who are not heard and things that go wrong when it comes to labor and delivery and just doctors in general, not listening to us. I, I needed that. I, I needed that. So I went back to her and I told her what was going on. And while she examined me, like, you know, they do the regular pelvic, you know, the regular pap smear, then they do the pelvic exam and the pelvic exam. If you never have been to the GYN, just, this is what happens. They take about two fingers inside of you and they press down on your belly. As she's pressing down on my belly, literally the second push she like peeks her head up and she goes, you feel that? And I'm like, yeah, I feel that. She's like, that's your uterus. Now I'm not, no, I'm not a doctor, but I'm like, there's why she, why does she feel my uterus just from this angle right here? She said, your uterus is really enlarged. Um, I'm definitely going to send you to have a sonogram done and we're going to see what we get back. Um, I got the sonogram done, it came back. Now, this is ripe. This is last year, maybe I think a little bit after my birthday. What really triggered me to go back was uh, I know some of y'all might go look at the damn pictures now, so go ahead and look. But at my, at my birthday, like I knew I was about to get my period, but I felt like my belly looked big. I was like, yo, I look like I'm pregnant. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. And then I seen my twin and I was like, yo, my sister looked like she on flat, flat. Like, I was like, yo, I know you get bloated when you get your period, but geez. So when she got the results back from the sonogram, first of all, I was able to see the results through an app that the hospital provides. When I read through it and looked online, I immediately freaked out because the size of the fibroids were huge. So when I finally did speak to her, we had a virtual uh, phone call. So I didn't have to go back into her office. 
she pretty much said I had four fibroids that were the size of, what did she say they were the size of? Key, what did I tell you she said they were the size of? Um, oh my. I don't remember exactly. I don't remember what size you were. They were a pretty big size though. That I do remember. They um, were a pretty big size. I don't oh tangerines. That's what she said. They were they were big as tangerines. That's how big they were. Four of them were as big. Did she say tangerines? No, it wasn't tangerines. It's something bigger than a tangerine. Um, I'm I'm sorry, my brain is a fog, but they were pretty big. Um, and I was like, no wonder my she's like, Your uterus is really enlarged. Um, you tell me what you want to do. That's what she told me. You tell me what you want to do. And I was like, well. I don't really want the option being taken away from me to have children. If I want to, I want that ability to still be there. She said, okay. So in that case, we're talking about surgery. And I was like, okay, oh, all right, cool. Um, she was like, so um, because of the pandemic, it looked like everything was about to go back into shutdown mode. She was like, I'm going to like, how, how soon were you looking to get this done? And I'm like, like, I could have got it done in two weeks. That's what I was, I was like, I get it done in two weeks. Like, it's cool. I could come in and I work from home. So me working from home, I would literally, I was, I, I kept my supervisor in the loop of what was going on. So literally, like, she was like, just let me know what time you need to take off. You let me oh. know. And I'll Perfect. go ahead. They were the size of an egg and a peach. Of a what? Egg, egg and a peach. A peach. Oh. I, I think they yeah. were way bigger than that. I feel like she told me it was something way bigger than that. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure when either Joss hears this or Bearded Babe, they'll be like, "It was the size of like it doesn't matter now because I already told them it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter." Oh, you know what I could do for you guys? Actually, this is the cool thing about technology. I actually have the app on my phone, which I could just open up the results and it actually will tell me how big they were. How about that? Um. Give me one second. I'm actually pulling it up. Ooh, that's not what we want. Here it is. Okay. So one was about eight centimeters. One was 7.2 centimeters. And one was 7.9 centimeters. Yeah, and the there was the fourth one was 4.5. Out of all four of them, none of them were inside of my uterus. Um, the one that was almost the biggest, like the second biggest one, that's the one that I could feel on my side. And it's it's pretty much hanging on by a stem. That's the one that's hanging on by a stem. It's the second biggest one. Um, but yeah, they were in there inside of the lining of the tissue. They're not actually in my uterus. Uh, so I'm just like, you know what, let's go ahead and just, this can take care of. It's cool. I go in, I go get the pre-surgery testing done. They test me for COVID. They take my blood levels, all of that. Great. Um, because of the, the way Tammy and, um, Kina mentioned about having that support system, I went to my, my parents' house. I was ready, um, 
to have the surgery done the next day. I had brought my hospital bag. I brought pads. I brought the big undies. I, I brought everything I needed to go to the hospital the next day. I was super scared because I couldn't have anybody with me. Because of COVID, they cut off all visitation. So I would literally be in the hospital by myself. Thank goodness with my laptop. I was like, I've got to see my laptop, phone, something with me so that I could see people and communicate. My doctor called me at about 11.45 at night. I was getting ready to go to bed because I'm like, I know I got to be up early because I was going to be the first one to get my surgery done. She called me and she, you know, said, Miss G, we can't do your surgery. And I was like, huh? What? She was like, your hemoglobin, like your iron is way too low. She said, I literally would have to give you a blood transfusion if I went ahead and did this you would lose a lot of blood and I don't want to play with your life like that if I didn't tell you my doctor is black when I tell you my love for her was way stronger in that moment and I was like thank you thank you so much for letting me know that thank you um so I didn't get a chance to have my procedure done because we're in the process of what well, we were in the process of getting my iron levels up, which I'm still doing right now. You guys see me in my story. I'm eating all the leafy greens and taking uh, iron. It's not a regular iron pill. It's a vegan uh, vegetable type pill. But the reviews on the pill are amazing. People have seen their results go up in two weeks. So when I go back to her, I will give you guys feedback if you're looking for an iron pill that doesn't make you constipated, because this doesn't make you constipated, but I'll give you guys that feedback. Um, that's where my journey stops at. So for you ladies, <laughs> um, I did want to go back in and ask you, so now that you've had the surgery done, Kina, you, your doctor informs you they could possibly go back. Have you uh, like spoken to your doctor or seen your doctor and uh, he said anything about them coming back? Okay, so um, one, of the one of the things that my doctor did say is that a large percentage of women, not all, but a large percentage of women do, um, do see fibroids come about due to birth control. Mm -hmm. So he said, I know that's big for you because you guys are not trying to have any babies right now. So I have an idea for you. Um, how about a non-hormonal IUD? And I was like, I'm with, let's roll. <laughs> he was like, we can do that. Um, he said, and then what will happen is good for, um, I think it's good for five years, five, 10 years. I don't remember, something like that. Maybe 10. Um, I don't remember how long it is good for, but um, it's good for an extended amount of time. And he said, throughout the course of time, if you notice, because with the IUD, your body has to kind of get adjusted to it before your cycle gets back to regular. So he said, in the next couple of months, your cycle may be a little heavier than normal, but just give it time to adjust. If you see anything out of the normal where you have severe clotting, which is one of the, they say, one of the telltale signs of fibroids, if you have clotting, um, Definitely give me a call back. If you feel severe abdominal pain, give me a call. Um, and uh, we've been kind of pretty much consistent with it. I've been good ever since. I haven't had any issues. 
Um, I haven't actually just to the best thing I can say is the best thing I did was having surgery because now my periods are so regular. Like it's so regular. They're not heavy, not painful. Um, my belly is not poking anymore. It actually looked like I had a tummy tuck when I went and got after she sure do. She sure do, y'all. And like I had a tummy tuck done. So I was real excited about that. Um, but yeah, I haven't had any issues ever since. Did you see any other changes like diet wise or maybe sanitary products you use or things like that? Um, the only, I, I really, honestly, I really didn't. The only thing I did, but it was just like a life choice. I actually made um, lashes sometimes that I switched to, uh, I believe they're like all natural tasks, honey pot. I've switched to those. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed a difference too with that as well. Um, use a honey pot product like I use the patch and I have noticed a difference so I mean just as far as my menstrual but that's that's about it but I, I've kind of keep I've kind of kept the same eating habits I was never really a fan of red meat um so I just continue not really eating red meat and um I I kind of just switched into a more diet of fish um I do eat chicken and a little Pork stays on my fork here and there, but um, for the most part, it's really just like a lot of fish and and chicken. So I don't really eat red meat, but I don't I don't know if that contributes. If it helps, I, I'm not sure. That's just those are the only dietary changes that I made or that I continue with. Oh, and I do not drink cow's milk. I haven't drank cow's milk in about 15 years, so. Yeah, I have not drank cow's milk. I do eat dairy, lots of eggs, and my favorite cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jamie, what about you? Have have they grown back? Um, have you visited your doctor? What has your doctor said? Um, so I'm still, you know, um, just six months out. Um, February tenth, I'll be six months out. Um, post op. Um, so far so good thanks the lord my the major difference is my period um when it was seven days before now it's three days and I, oh, <laughs> I mean, no. yeah. yeah girl listen and like the prior um to surgery i would know you know we know when our period is coming but i would have i would be such excruciated pain like the cramping a non-stop cramping for a whole week before my menstrual um and now I have a little bit of cramping because cramping is not supposed to happen either right Mm -hmm. um so I'll be in a little bit of cramping because my my body is still getting used to not having the fibroids there so I have a little bit of cramping and then I have my period and then it's over and I'm like, I'm looking like, where's the rest? Because I'm not used to this. Um, and it's so light as to before I was using like two to three pads a day wow. and two to three, sometimes four sometimes. And now it's like one to two maybe. Um, I'm also using honey pot. Um, I switched over to all, you know, natural 
tampons and, and cotton tampons and pads. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at now. It's 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 really it's really nice to not be in pain and holding the wall and waiting a couple of seconds for the pain to fall to to pass. Um, is yeah, it's real different. It's different. I'm grateful for this experience. So I know I asked Tina, and uh, I know you 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 don't have any children right now. But mm-hmm. prior to you having the surgery, did your doctor say that the fibroids were like causing an infertility issue or they might present one? Um, it could present, but also with me, um, she thought I had endometriosis as well. Mm-hmm. And so with those two things, those two definitely can cause infertility. So mm-hmm. I was also nervous and scared about that because like I do want children, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I have this monster in my body just taking over my uterus mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody asks for it. Right. Who um, put you here? <laughs> yeah. Who gave you permission? So that's where I was. But um, but luckily for me, when she went inside to take out the fibroids, she didn't find any endometriosis. Uh, so that was really good. So right now, um, I'm pretty good. Hopefully, um, I can have children soon. <laughs> but, my, you know, my uterus is still healing. I'm not six months yet. So I'm still in that process of the uterus healing. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Wow. So um, if if there was any advice that you can give to women listening in what advice would you provide to them as far as um keeping an eye on the fibroids making sure they're properly cared for or they receive the treatment that they need what what advice would you give to them either one of you can go well I would say I would say definitely keep an eye Definitely keep an eye on, um, once your doctor tells you, keep in contact, especially if they tell you they're really small. Um, if they're really small, you know, look into the option of having laser surgery done before they get big. Because the chances are, especially if you're in childbearing years, with our hormones constantly changing, they can grow. So I would definitely say if they're small and you can get you can get us called laparoscopically. Yes, if you can get them removed laparoscopically, I would say go for it, as opposed to waiting to see what happens or years down the road and it's like, oh my gosh, they're ginormous. What am I going to do now? So I would definitely say that. And um, if you go to your doctor and they're big already, don't be don't be afraid. Like don't be afraid really talk to your doctor make sure your doctor honestly feels like almost your best friend make sure you ask him or her all the questions you have um let them know how you feel towards surgery so that when you come out you know they're giving you the answers that you need and if you don't feel comfortable with your doctor you can always look for a second opinion and there are doctors who they, they may not specialize in myomectomies, but they're really good at them and taking care of their patients before, during, and after the surgery. So if you do not feel comfortable, I would not advise having your doctor do your perform your surgery. And if your fibers are small, 
and your doctor is not familiar with laparoscopic surgery and tries to talk you into a myomectomy, please look for another doctor. Good because advice. if your fibers are very small, it's there's no need for you to get cut open when you can have it removed, you know, laparoscopically. There's no need for it. Yeah, and then in case you're not sure what laparoscopic means, it's like um they make really small incisions and they use like a if you watch Grey's Anatomy, it's like these little robotic hands, and they kind of go inside and it it's not as invasive as having surgery. It's kind of like an outpatient procedure, honestly. They remove the fibroids, they stitch you back up. You might have maybe like maybe uh, two, three small holes. You know, they just stitch you back up, which heal perfectly, good to go. You get to go home later on, it's fine versus you being in a hospital for about two to three days to recover and then spending months and months of recovery. Um, Tammy, any advice from you? Yeah, um, I agree, Hakina. Um, Definitely get a second and third opinion. Um, make sure whoever you decide to, if you do, if you do decide to have surgery, whoever you go with, make sure that this is something that they do. Um, you know, you're being opened up. You don't want someone, you know, all willy nilly <laughs> in your in your uterus. You know, exactly. um, definitely get second and third opinions. Um, I will also say, like, if the fibroids are not bothering you, if they're not impeding upon you being able to have children, if your if your menstrual is not heavy, if it's just not affecting you, I wouldn't I wouldn't do the surgery. Um, that's just my opinion. If that was an option for me, like if if I had fibroids and they weren't bothering me in any way, I wouldn't have done the surgery. Um, but mine's just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, so yeah, I would definitely do your research. So when um, the doctors are speaking, you know exactly what they're talking about um, and definitely get someone that, that knows what they're doing. I appreciate both of your honest um, advice. Some advice I would, I would give, I would say I'm, I'm a huge advocate for a black woman having a black doctor and a black a black doctor who cares. Um, too many of us go into hospitals to have the most minimal things done. We're not heard. We're not listened to. Our pain levels are just underestimated. They we're not, we're just simply not heard or taken seriously. Really build a great relationship with your doctor. And if you have a woman, a black woman who is your doctor and you feel like, you know, I trust her, I I trust her. If you feel that trust in your gut, ride out with it. But if you think that what the doc, whatever doc you have, whatever it is, it might be a black woman because all skin folk ain't kin folk. Let's just keep that a stack. Um, And you feel like something doesn't feel right with this doctor, please, please, please listen to that feeling that you have listen to that feeling because we only get to live once 
like literally we only get to live once i know we may be going in to get a procedure done and we know the risk that happen when we go to have any type of surgery doesn't matter if it's uterine fibroids you're getting something done any type of surgery there's any there's so many things that can happen you want to at least have someone a doctor who's there who will advocate for you who will like my patient this is my patient i'm going to do everything in my power to make sure my patient goes home to their family when they the way they came in they're going out the same way you know um i would say that part i would definitely say pay attention to your body listen to your body um look at your body (laughs) um so many women see things about themselves and they overlook them or they feel weird and they don't get it checked out and it's like years go down the line and it's just like baby why didn't you come in sooner we we could have done something for you now you're here and you have this massive problem versus you coming earlier so some people have a fear of a doctor or you know I don't like hospitals or whatever but your health you can't see everything from the outside there's things that doctors could see inside about inside of your body through different tests that you need to have somebody look at you. So whether that means going to get your physical once a year, um, seeing your GYN once a year or every other year, please go take care of that. There are reasons why some black women do not go to the doctor or see their doctors and we're dying from these things because we're not taking care of ourselves. We need to take care of of ourselves we take care of our kids take care of our husband our man our mama and totally look over ourselves take care of yourself okay um other than pay attention to your body and a doctor just listen to your just listen to your doctor so once you found the good doctor and you they give you an option Make sure you you work with them with the option. You don't just fall off and go on vacation to Tulum and keep continuing to live your life. Like, okay, you said I need to do the operation. Let's just stick on top of it. Well, I need to do it. Follow those steps so you can get those things done, okay? Uh, lastly, there were some doctors. These were, these were OBGYNs, and they had a discussion on Clubhouse, and they were talking about changing your diet. Um, I, you listened to me and Tammy talk about she was a pescatarian for super long. Periods never changed. Nothing ever happened. Um, I don't know what effect that may have, but that is something for us to do because whether it affects your body reproductively, it may do something else for your body to help you live a longer life. Who doesn't want to live longer, right? So definitely watch what you eat. Pay attention. Read the labels. And that's that's all. That's I don't want to get too too all into it because y'all gonna make me get all emotional. And I ain't even trying to do all that. Not on this good old Thursday night. I'm not. <laughs> but thank you so much, Tammy and Kina. Go ahead and plug your um Instagram or website. Anything that you guys have, go ahead and plug it again for the audience listening. Um, I'm Tammy, the brand broker, LLC on um, IG. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. See, it wasn't that bad. See, it was all nervous. It wasn't even that bad, right? I'm so nervous. (laughs) It didn't come out yet. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, I am Sweet Keys, uh, that's Sweet Keys, K-E-E-Z on Instagram. I also have a thrift Instagram called thrifty underscore twin girl 45, where I sell pre-loved and brand new clothing. Yes, I do sell your MCMs and your Alice and Olivia, you name it more than likely I've got it. So check me out over there. Yeah, she she got some good stuff over there, y'all. She she really do. <laughs> she really, if you're into thrifting, definitely check out her uh, page. I'll actually link it in the details of this episode. Also, Tammy has a great page where she does reviews on food and and it just listen. She does some great reviews over there. Just y'all go go over there and check it out, okay? Because I just be like, oh, I want to go, I want to go here, like. And I'm I'm sure Bay's tired of me. Like you always want to go somewhere. <laughs> but guys, make sure to follow Quana's Corner. That's Q U A N S underscore Q U O R N E R on Instagram. Leave some feedback. I would love to see what you guys think of the show. If you listen through Apple Podcasts. Or you can feel free to always send an uh, email at Corner at gmail.com. It's been real. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Stay warm. It's supposed to be frigid in, in the east this weekend. It's supposed to be pretty cold. So, guys, stay warm and have a great night. Bye.